Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your fill of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. Hello, I am joined today by Gronia Gilmore, Head of Research at Zoopla. Some of you might remember Gronia from her episode last year with David Spikerman, where we spoke about geospatial analytics and the real estate industry. But today, Gronia is joining me on the podcast to talk about data storytelling. With her background, Gronia has extensive experience in the area and she is coming on the podcast today to share all that experience with us, share some tips and really help us make our data storytelling skills better. Hi, Gronia, and welcome back on the Women in Data podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us again. And it's lovely to be here. The last time on the podcast, you were with Dewey and we were talking about geospatial analytics and how that works in the real estate industry. And today we're going to talk about something a bit different. We are going to talk about data storytelling, which is very important in the field. And people have been talking about it more and more now. So this is at the core of what you do, and you're going to help share some tips on that. But before we get into that, can I ask you to introduce yourself again? Of course. So I am head of research at Zoopla, and I've been in the role for just over a year now. And before that, I was head of UK residential research at Knight Frank, which is a large uh, property consultancy, a global property consultancy, but I was mainly focused on the UK residential markets. And then before that, I was a journalist at The Times for 10 years. And just my last job there was as economics correspondent. Would you say that your career in journalism is what pushed you to to get and tell stories with data? Yes, indeed. So I started off as a financial journalist talking about all aspects of personal finance, and that included mortgages and insurance and everything from wedding dress insurance to complicated pension arrangements. And it was data heavy, as you can imagine. It was definitely full of figures. And we had to tell a story to engage the audience. So that would all that would go from uh, telling the narrative in an engaging way, whether it was a bit of dry policy, and trying to get case studies, trying to get things that would connect with our readers, that would make them want to engage with the story and ultimately to inform them. That's what we were trying to do was to maybe highlight some of the pitfalls, but also highlight some of the opportunities in in personal finance. And then, of course, when I moved on to economics, uh, a lot more figures that could be very dry. And it was a case of You need to share this information. There are things that people need to know, especially if they're working in finance or working in aspects of the economy that are very dependent on up-to-date news and data. 
but you'd also want to try and tell the story in a way that engaged your readers. As journalists, that was your role. Then when I moved to Knight Frank, that was definitely encouraged. Taking the data that we have, and I do it again in Zoopla with, with the wider team, taking the data that we have and putting it in a way that people can understand. You've got a lot of information to share, but ultimately this is about people's homes and they want to know what's happening to the value of their homes or to rents in their area and whether it's time for them to make a move or where else in the country might be of interest. So it's all about trying to tell that story in a way that doesn't just turn into a very long sheet of numbers. You highlighted two different things here. So first one was using data to add to the story and and bring a bit more. And I guess people tend to believe things more when it's backed by data. And the other one was also when you have to communicate numbers, making it a bit more digestible to, to other people. So there are two different things here. Do you feel like when you approach these things, you have to approach them in a different way? Yes, you've just encapsulated that beautifully. So yes, you you can have a very strong narrative backed up with a bit of data. And the alternative is you've got a very data-led story, but you want to weave a narrative that people can feel engaged with it. So I think of it like this, if if you're showing someone a chart, the likelihood of them walking out having lunch and a sandwich and then remembering every single aspect of your chart is very minimal unless it's going very, very sharply upwards or very, very sharply downwards. That it, The nuanced discussion, the important nuanced discussion around a chart that isn't very eye-catching, that's where you need your narrative. That's where you need to draw them in with the fact that this has relevance to them, to what's going on in the world today, to the wider economy, to the wider housing market and ultimately real estate like so many other sectors is all about people we build houses we build retail units we build logistics sites we use them and it's all about the decisions people are making and how they're changing their lives i mean there are external policy drivers that have an impact also made by people but it's ultimately how we're all reacting and making decisions within the sector and the residential housing sector is no different It's all a story of how people are choosing to live their lives. And we've seen the impact that a big change can have, such as the pandemic. We are seeing the impact that is having on the housing market at the moment. And that's a very compelling narrative. That sounds super interesting. Do you have any tips when it comes to telling digestible stories with data? Yes. When it comes to telling digestible stories, I think simplicity has got to be the crucial point. So it's often been said that if your six-year-old son, daughter, niece, nephew can't understand it to start off, then no one else is going to understand it. So you have to keep it simple. And I know that can be very, very difficult when you have very complicated kind of ideas to get across or bits of data to explain. But ultimately, simplicity is key. And then you can build from there. But to catch people's attention, you've got to keep it simple. Agreed. So when you have these different stories that you're say, that you're telling, so you did mention the fact that real estate was all about people and that they were looking after specific things. Is there anything, for example, that, you know, sometimes people are expecting a story or you have a story in mind? How do you make sure that the data is in line with that? This is a very good question because it often happens. You hear something 
and wonder if it's happening on a wider scale. Is it a more macro trend, perhaps this micro trend that you've heard? And you could go and investigate it and it will, in fact, not be a large scale trend. And I don't think you have to force it to be. You can keep a watching brief to see if it comes a macro trend or you can highlight the fact that you thought this might be the case, but actually you found something else instead. And that might turn into your top line. So often you can direct your investigations in line with something that you may have in mind, um, something that you're hearing back through the industry to see what's happening. But other times you'll be going in to investigate something. You might find a completely different story uncovered in the data. Other times you might just be poodling around and you find something new. So it's a mixture of several approaches in terms of what's going on in the data. Obviously, you have indices that are always running. You have metrics that are always running. So those are going to start flashing up trends quite early, especially for us at Zoopla, because we're at the very beginning of the funnel. So we can see things emerging very clearly in the residential markets quite early on. Have you ever seen a trend that was going against what you were thinking? I'm just trying to think of one recently, but yes, sometimes there might be a narrative. I I wouldn't say going against like a complete reversal, but sometimes you might find that a narrative is being, it's a bit stronger than perhaps the data supports. So for instance, recently, I think there's just been a bit of a shorthand because of the pandemic talking about the exodus from the cities. Now, there is definitely a cohort of buyers who have become much more active in the wider commuter zones and out into the rural areas. We've reported it ourselves. But it's it, to say that it's an exodus, I think, is maybe a little bit too strong. So it's more nuanced than that. There are plenty of people in cities. Uh, I live in a city when I'm not locked down during the pandemic. And uh, <laughs> and plenty of us <laughs> do. And we will stay there. And we're connected there through networks, through schooling or through want to be in close proximity to work. There are another cohort of buyers who are going to be working more flexibly and may decide that they want to move somewhere else. So it's maybe a more nuanced case of finding that there's more strands to an argument than just a very clear headline. Now, I know that goes against slightly what I've been saying about keep it simple, but often you can start with a, a strong point and then sort of uncover it peel it back like an onion, if you like, through the course of your narrative and really get into that detail, because that is what people enjoy about very data-led stories is that you can get into the nuance if you spend enough time kind of investigating those stories. Definitely. I like that. So you you did make a point here about going on the top line and then maybe peeling it off and going deeper in the nuance. How would you advise someone to make sure that okay, this is enough, you've you've spent enough time looking at the data, we have the correct story. Because when you have these things and so many data to look at, and you, you could go down a rabbit hole of analyzing and analyzing and never stopping, when would you say it's enough to have a good story? I think you can use friends, family, colleagues, anybody that is in your vicinity to test it out on. Often I've find when, and it was a very good instructor who told me this, that when you're presenting 15, 20 minutes is probably the maximum. If you're going to do a bit of an overview of the market, that that's the stage at which your audience, you know, it's hard to stay really focused for long periods of time. So 
that's probably the maximum. You can break it up then, do a Q&A and maybe go back and do more slides afterwards. But that's what you're talking about. When it comes to a story, you can check it out. I mean, obviously, if you're the one doing all the data, I mean, it's those of us who work in the property industry find it endlessly fascinating. So yes, there is a there is a chance we could never end and just keep going. But if you check in with your colleagues, with your family and friends, some poor stranger who happens to be sitting next to you in the cafe, just check out how has your attention i mean if you break it up into three points is that enough do you feel like i've told you enough but i'm not telling you too much so it's it's really a case of getting your boundaries right for what you're writing if you are writing a report for very targeted investors who want a lot of detail it's obviously going to look very different to a report giving a bit of a roundup of a certain sector of the market three key points and that's just enough to inform people but let them know that Obviously, there's more data available at these various points if they want to find out more. So it's a case of know your audience and then test it out on those closest to you. Yeah, that makes sense. And data storytelling, I mean, that word is very new. And although people have been telling story for a while and data has been around for a while, it's only recently that we fully embraced data storytelling and you see more and more job descriptions with that job title. What would you say are the main skills that a data storyteller needs to have? Again, another brilliant question. I I think it depends from what background you're coming in to this world. You have people who are all-rounders already, very strong in data, very strong in storytelling, but you may be coming at this with a real expertise in data and very comfortable in SQL, or you may be coming at this from a writing background or a journalistic background or any sort of creative background and then have to maybe get very comfortable with at least quite advanced Excel skills to be able to manipulate the data that you need. So it's a case of meeting in the middle. And I definitely come from a storytelling background. My colleague Isabella, excellent data analyst, very strong data analytics skills. So I talked to her before I came on today and and asked her because she's on that journey and having to share messages more widely, both within our business and externally, really deep nuggets that are going to be fascinating to people who are interested in what's happening to the value of their home and whether it might be time to sell or where it's good to look to buy. She said it's really that focusing on that simple message again and not getting drawn into too much detail. You can create a nuanced argument, but all that deep work you do around the data for the audience that we have, that we're presenting to, you don't have to go into the detail of that deep work. It's only going to be the big nuggets that you surface from all that activity that you're going to be sharing with your audience. Obviously, it's all there if you have very data-interested people that you can share it all with them, but but it's really the it's the tip of the iceberg that you're sharing with your audience. So, so I, I wanted to ask for her angle particularly, because obviously I can share with you mine, but I wanted to know what it felt like coming from a slightly different direction, and, and that was the answer she gave me. And that makes total sense. And I can tell that at Zoopla, you have embraced this culture of having the analysts tell the stories and then helping them develop these kind of skills. But this is something that people have been talking about over and over again. How do we get uh, analysts or data scientists in meetings and how can they up their game a bit on communication skills and being able to tell that story in a simple way that that's going to engage the audience How do you ensure at Zoopla, for example, that your colleague Isabella, she's on that journey. So she started that journey about mixing her technical skills with these softer skills of telling the story. 
how do you ensure that people can actually start that? And how would you advise someone to to start that journey? If it is something that interests someone who's got a very strong data background, if this kind of route is something that interests them, they can definitely make that known and put their hands up. Look, all of us can communicate. We can come in and have a chat in the morning over a coffee. That's it. You're you know, you're chatting and you're and you're sharing your stories. It's a skill to do that in a setting where you're kind of explaining your own data. But it's coming out of maybe the technical in your data community. You can have a technical conversation that everyone in the room would understand. And it's more understanding that if you're speaking to a different audience, you have to maybe lean harder on the bigger picture that the narrative is telling and come away from that data technical expertise explanation. As I said before, it's all there. If anyone wants to investigate, you can explain it to them, but understanding who your audience is in the room. So often it's just a case of taking a step back and then another step back. It's all there. Also, if if you want support, your company will be able to support you. There are skills lessons. Presentation training, for instance, is a really good way to start because it really makes you step right back to the very biggest themes that you're trying to explore and the messages you're trying to hit. And it really helps you understand talking to an audience in a room, how you're going to engage them, why they want to listen, why you have to tell them why they want to listen to you. And that's a really good exercise. It's a good discipline to have to understand that the reason you're speaking at any given moment is to try and inform and help the people that you're talking to. It's not just, I have all these things to say and now I need everyone in a room to hear me say them. It's, how am I helping you? Why are you sitting in front of me? And now what am I going to do to help you? So it's obviously in everyone's role in a business, they're doing that day in, day out. They're helping all their stakeholders, but it's more a case of how you communicate that. So we've had some presentation training across our team. We'll probably continue to do that. We've had great feedback because it's such a good way to move expanding that set of skills all right thank you so much Gronia, for joining me on the women in data podcast a pleasure thank you for inviting me on karen thank you for listening to the women in data podcast if you don't want to miss the next episode make sure you follow us on spotify apple podcast or on linkedin you can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.